0: when they bury you six feet under you have to have a purpose and to me that if i can just change one person's life that's my purpose and i know that my life had. i get emotional (laughs) so um yeah so yeah these hard questions that are making me cry i feel like i'm on oprah When somebody says, hey, you want to do an interview, you know, I do it for two reasons. Um, I'm a huge supporter of anything women. So especially if a woman comes to me and says to me, hey, can you help me? I will never say no because um, I've been a woman on the other side of the fence where, you know, getting doors slammed in your face is really tough. So I I like to not just talk about supporting women, but actually walk the walk by supporting women. Mm -hmm. And supporting women means that you show up. So, um, So I do that. Um, even today, I did that to my, my fellow Palestinian sister <laughs> who's asking me these questions, right? you got to support a, a fellow woman. And of course, as a Palestinian, I'm going to support a, a fellow Palestinian woman for sure. Well, women say that they support, but they don't. Um, and that doesn't go with my philosophy of random acts of kindness just because. Like, I'm not going to really gain anything from this, but it fills my heart because I was able to help someone. So it's selfish. So actually, I am gaining. I'm gaining in this energy that I talk about. I'm a big believer in energy. um, And people, you know, giggle at me. And they're like, oh, you're, you know, are you religious? You know, and uh, I'm Christian by religion. But I follow the, yeah, I'm not, I don't believe in um, religion. I believe in God. So I don't like to follow a book that people tell me to follow. I like to follow my own conscience, my own heart. Which tells me to be a good human being. That's my religion. Do unto others as you would want them to do under you. Um, but uh, yeah, so this whole philosophy of energy that I, that I talk about all the time, which has gotten me to where I am today, um, you know, if you connect the reality with what you want to accomplish and you, and you vibrate on that frequency, you cannot help but achieve that reality. Um, and it was Albert Einstein who said that. That's not philosophy, that's actually physics. Um, so I believe in in you know this this theory of of energy which has been proven. It's a mindset. I believe that your thoughts create your reality. Um so I keep my thoughts on a real positive level. I, I'm I'm happy. Like I I'm I'm a genuinely happy person because I wake up in the morning and I have this gratitude. Um, I feel really lucky. I, I I really do. And that's not just I'm not just talking this. I live this. This is my reality. So I believe that if you control your thoughts, that you can really change your reality. Like if you get up in the morning and you're, you know, you're just like, oh my God, this is going to be a hard day. This is really tough. Then you, then you create that reality, going back to that energy that I talk about. Um, and then you'll find that bad things happen. We all go through the hardships. Nobody goes through life without pain, right? Um, but how you look at that pain okay, is really the outcome. You know, I, I I have these philosophies of life. Like, if you can bear defeat in your life without losing your heart, well, then you're the strongest person in the room. If you can really be broken down in life and still have compassion and a heart, wow, you are a strong human being. Yeah, and it, and it affects me. Like, I'm very connected, you know. So I'm one of these uh, really unusual women who is... Uh, very strong. I'm a very strong woman, um, and I'm a very determined woman, but at the same time, I'm extremely heartfelt, which is a really weird uh, energy to be in. Like to be to be very strong in your mind, but yet to be really connected in your heart, you don't find that. Uh, and that's something that I've worked on for a long time. i get I get emotional talking about it because it it took me a long time. Uh, you know, I've suffered to get here, and we all have. But again, you know, how you look at life is what creates your reality, you know? Um, so it's just, it's, it's, it's been my, my, my path to get here. And I think we all, I mean, everybody in your audience can relate to that, right? It's how you look at life. So, you know, we're all dealt this deck of cards. It's how you play the game, right? You, you reach to the light. I have a lot of those. I've had a lot of hardships, I mean, I don't know if there's one in particular that I can say that has defined me, but I've, I've, been, I've been betrayed quite a bit in my life. I'm a very trusting person, because I live in my heart, so I always trust. Like if you come to me and you ask me for something, I'll give it to you, I won't think that you're going to hurt me, because I'm not capable of hurting you, you know. So I, I trust a lot of people, I've been betrayed many times in my life, uh, and betrayal is a tough one. Uh, Because it's always the people that you're the closest to that can hurt you the most when you're betrayed. Um, Because that's why it hurts, is because you, you, you feel a connection. But I've been betrayed many, many times, and I've risen above it. I think forgiving someone when they don't ask for your forgiveness is a very, very hard thing to do. And a thing that's almost close to God. If you can forgive someone who's not asking for your forgiveness and wish them well, I mean, you know, these are the things in life that build your character. These are the things in life that build your spirit, to build your heart. It's how you look at things, you know. So I kind of look at things in a way where it's like everyone has their own journey. Who am I to 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 look at someone and say you have to forgive me, or you know I have to forgive you, you know, like you did wrong by me. I want an apology. Well you know, that person is not going to give you an apology. That person is not going to look at you and say, I did you wrong. And it's not up to me to force that. It's only up to me to look at, to accept it and look at my own life and wish them well. And when you do these things, my God, I mean, like, you can't imagine. It's like, uh, you know the Grinch who stole Christmas? You know that little Grinch? You know, you know how he had a little heart and then the Who Land, he got bigger and bigger. <laughs> you, you know, you know that? So... I, I feel like if everybody goes through this journey in life, that little heart yeah. becomes bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger until it becomes like the Grinch who stole Christmas yeah. by practicing these things. And I think that's what I call the joy effect. It's about truly being happy and grateful. And happiness is a mindset. It's a mindset. That's why you see some of the richest people in the world who commit suicide, some of the people who are sitting on a yacht who are miserable, and they have a private jet. And then you see people who are living in India who barely have enough food to eat. And they took they found a piece of bread to feed their child, but they're happy together in this hut. And you and you ask yourself, how are these people happy? They're living in a hut, in a mud hut. And they're, you know, they they they're happy. So it's 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 not what you have. I mean, I have this crazy philosophy that. If you don't have enough of what you need, you can't get enough of what you don't need, which is cars and jewelry and handbags. And, you know, that's all the stuff that you, you can't get enough of when you don't have what you really need. So that's, that's my philosophy of joy today. You're getting the philosophy of joy. Humanity needs to have compassion, to put yourself in someone else's shoes. You know, um, you need to stop. And, and put yourself in someone else's shoes. And when you can do that, then the world will be a better place. I don't think people do that enough. And it's little things, right? It's little things, like silly. I'll give you a silly one. Just yesterday, I went and I got a pedicure. It's the worst pedicure I've ever had in my life, right? And usually, somebody would be like, what did you do? You ruined my, you know? I stopped, and I was just like, this this woman is working all day, and she messed up my feet. It's OK. So. When she says, how do you like your pedicure? I said, it's fine. She did a really good job. She did the best she could. It's about compassion. It's about humanity. I think the world needs to put themselves in someone else's shoes just for five minutes to think what life would be like for someone else. Like I left saying, listen, I didn't love this, but you know, she did the best she could. It's compassion. you know, um, And that takes practice and awareness. So I'm not married, and I don't have any kids. So uh that's a good question that's a really good question Is it a choice? Yeah, I would say it is a choice because I know that I wouldn't be happy unless I met somebody who saw me understood me and and was on my my level like I couldn't be with somebody who's chronically depressed you know because then then we wouldn't have this connection of spirit right. Um, So it is by choice. I have yet to find somebody who is as evolved emotionally, spiritually as I am. I need that connection. Um, You know, many people are in marriages and relationships where they're, they're sleeping next to somebody with no connection. I couldn't lie in a bed next to a soul that didn't connect with my soul. You know, that to me is not the journey that would make me happy. And I think many people are living that. I don't believe in playing life safe. I believe in taking chances, and um, you know I think a lot of people out there live in fear. Uh, you know I think fear is one of these these energies that is really negative, it, and it's about worrying about what hasn't happened yet, right? And what a waste of time! Instead of changing again your mind thought into what could happen, look at what a different energy that is. Oh, my God, what, what's going to happen when I close that deal? What's going to happen when that happens? Instead of changing your thoughts, you you look at it in a negative, and then you get stuck. And fear is the worst, worst, and one of the lowest. Fear and ego are probably, yeah, is the lowest vibration of any energy on the planet. Fear and ego. Um, I think I found joy's purpose in life when I decided that my life has to have some meaning. When I when I realized that I wasn't going to get married and have kids at the age of probably thirty eight, I started thinking to myself, okay, now I now I need to have meaning. And what what I'm passionate about is is changing people's lives. Like if if people never remember uh, what you did, but they remember what you feel. So if I could touch people's hearts by remembering how joy made them feel. You know what I mean. That that to me, what I'd like to do. Is make a difference. Uh, I'm very passionate about Palestinians and refugees, um, and I've spent a lot of time in the refugee camps in Palestine. So, it, I, I, my goal is to take every money and all the money that I have, and to give it away uh, without telling anyone. If I, you know, if somebody needs a college education and I have it, I want to give it to them to go to school. If they need, you know, uh, you know, their kid is sick and I could send them to a good hospital. I want to do it silently without anyone knowing. I don't want anyone to see anything that I'm doing. But I want to change people's lives. That's the meaning of my life. When they bury you six feet under, you have to have a purpose. And to me, that if I can just change one person's life, that's my purpose. Then I know that my life had meaning. You know, I get emotional. <laughs> that is the purpose. So that it, that's the meaning of life, to, to have a purpose, to do something that changes someone's life and not take any credit for it. I mean, that's, to me, that's, that's religion. That's religion. So, sorry. <laughs> Thanks. I got the tissue. Again, you know, I'm a super heart-connected person, so I feel, you know, feel all those emotions. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, these hard questions that are making me cry. I feel like I'm on Oprah. <laughs> I overcame my fears by changing my thoughts. Instead of, I believe in the philosophy of flow which is, I, I keep pushing for something, and I, I wake up, God, this is gonna sound really religious, but it's not. It's not religious for everybody who's Muslim or Christian out there, okay. There's a country song out there called, um, it's a popular one, it reached number one on the charts, um, and it says, Jesus, take the wheel. Um, and it's basically like, you know, a story of a woman who was driving her car, and she slid on a sheet of ice, and, The car just completely lost control. And she, and for anybody who knows, when you're driving on ice, the best thing to do is let go of the wheel. Um, I know we live in the desert, so people don't really get that. But if you let go of the wheel, you're safer than if you control the wheel. So uh, the song is is called Jesus Take the Wheel. So she looked at her child in the back seat, and she saw death. She was like, that's it. You know, she was on a dark road. But she sings Take the Wheel, and it is that undying faith in the universe. It's about letting go of this wheel. It's about having faith that things that are going to come to you are meant for you, and things that are not meant for you are going are to go away from you. So I believe in the philosophy of flow, which is letting go of the wheel. So sometimes when it's not meant to be, it's just not meant to be, and you have to just let it go, and that is a hard thing to do. I mean, people talk about, like, letting go, but boy, is it hard to let go. I see a lot of people in relationships who are with a guy, they break up, whether a woman or a man, and they dwell, oh my god, they dwell, and then one year passes, and two years pass, and they're still thinking about this person, and they're, they're stuck, they're stuck in this energy, you know, of shoulda, coulda, woulda, what did I do wrong? If I did this more, I did that more. If I was thinner, prettier, taller, better cook. It's just this, you know, shoulda, coulda, woulda. And it's, it's amazing because you let years pass by and the end result is the same. It's over, right? So I always tell everybody who's brokenhearted, whether you get over it in a week or you get over it in 10 years, it's over. The result is still the same. Change the way you think celebrate it. So I celebrate like every relationship that has been broken. And I'm grateful. I'm grateful because I actually had the ability to feel something. It's so hard to feel something for another human being. Like you can go out with them and date them, but to really feel that, that, that connection of spirit is so rare. And it's so beautiful. You know, when you wake up in the morning and you're brushing your teeth and you're smiling, thinking about somebody, or, you know, you're, 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 you know, you're, you're doing something, you know, you're, you're putting on a little makeup or you're dressing a little better. Or you're buying a new shirt to make somebody's eyes light up because you can't wait to see them, you know, that energy like that is magic. And if you have that ability to feel magic for someone else and it's over, well, celebrate that. Yeah, that you felt it to begin with because it's so hard to feel those things for someone that, uh. I look at all my relationships as thank you. Thank you for the, 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 the fact that I felt, you know, and thank you that it's moved on, because everybody brings something to your life. So I've loved a lot of uh, different people, but for, for very different reasons. My, my insecurities is that I'm getting older, and that time is running out to, to, to I wish I knew now what I knew. I, w- I wish I had this realization at the age of 25. Because I wish that all those years, my, 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 my fears is that I, I did this too, too late. I wish I had more time. I wish it was earlier. So my, my fears is, will I run out of time before I'm able to accomplish what I want to do? Illness, health, age, opportunity, all those, all the above. Failure, you know, in in the Middle East, it's funny. In Silicon Valley, where I come from, failure is considered a good thing because you learn something, where in the Middle East, it's a shameful thing, you know? So it's very interesting, but uh, I don't, I'm not afraid of failure. I actually embrace it. Um, But am I afraid to fail? No. Um, Have I failed? Oh, big time. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So many things. I've failed at so many things. Um, I've done so many things wrong at Fetcher. And my last company I mean I wish I could go back Jack and do it all over because there's a million things I would have done different but uh, I had failures that I did at Fetcher absolutely Um, things that I wish I didn't do or could do over absolutely Um, I was in Silicon Valley and a bunch of startups came in from the Middle East and they said hey Joy do you want to go And you know my theory of saying yes (laughs) so And I said, "Yeah, I'll show up." So I showed up to be a mentor and a judge, and there were a bunch of startups there from the Middle East. And I was like, "Oh my God, this is ridiculous! This is ridiculous!" And then I saw uh, my partner there, Idris, and he was on stage talking about solving the problem of, of no deliveries and no addresses in emerging markets. So I went up to him and I said, "Hey, I love this idea." And we got to talking, and we we started we partnered together, and. Uh, we raised $11 million in Series A, and then another $42 million in B. I mean, we raised over $100 million together. And um, I showed up. You see, when you show up, 90, 98% of making things happen in life is just show up. That was uh, how I got to the Middle East. I had no intention of leaving Northern California. I was in California, and I was very happy. And look, I came here with two suitcases. I came here seven years ago. And I didn't know if the company was going to make it or not. I packed up my bags, two suitcases, and I said, float. You know, Jesus, take the wheel. I am willing to break the status quo. And that is totally my personality. I am somebody who likes to ask for forgiveness rather than permission. Um, I like to push the status quo. I'm that person. I'm, I'm the kid who's like, why can't we do it this way? i'm I'm not a conformist. I've never been a conformist, and uh, I think disruption to me means not being a conformist. I don't want to be part of the crowd i never I never was what is feminine? I don't know. I'm working on it. I'm wearing a pair of high heels today. That's feminine, right? Usually, I'm in sneakers. Um, I don't know I, I I definitely have been accused of having masculine energy, so feminine is a is a tough thing for me to answer this is a tough one for me to answer because i'm not really sure what feminine means i think it's like being girly what does that mean right being feminine what does that really mean you know i think feminine means different things what is feminine wearing a dress wearing high heels being a girl what does really being a girl mean i think it's changed in 2021 Um, so I don't really have an answer of what feminine means. Does it mean having long hair? Does it mean wearing lipstick? I don't know. I think feminine is just about embracing the power of yourself, whether it's a woman or a man. I think it's either, what does it mean to be masculine? You know, so I think that's a hard question to answer. So again, it's a mindset. I'm somebody who's gamified the word no. Like, if somebody slams a door in my face and says no, It bugs me zero and I really mean that I could care less if you reject me man woman business Um, because I have a real sense of self right Um, for me when I hear a no I gamify it I'll be like okay I'll see you tomorrow I just have this bugs bunny kind of like you know what's up doc yeah see you tomorrow like it's it's look women Women in the Middle East, I'm going to tell you something, have an advantage, and I'm going to tell you why. In America, you have no respect and no equality for women. Is there equality for women here in the Middle East? No. There's no equality for women anywhere in the world, to be honest with you. We're still rising above. I mean, for God's sakes, uh, you know, Goldman Sachs just came out with an article just recently that said that they won't take any company public without at least having one to two women uh, board of directors, right? This just came up, like literally recently. I mean, really? In 2021, we're just talking about having women on boards? I mean, the diversification for women is is very tough. And I think as a woman, it is tough. There's no equality here or in the States. But... I think here in the Middle East, there's a respect for women, right? There's a reverence. I think Islam has a as a respect for women, where if you come in, there's a reverence. A man is going to keep a certain amount of respect because he looks at you as a mother, as a, as a as a as a sister. So there's that that embedded, and I and I think it is religious actually that embedded respect um, that will get you through the door. Will it get you the deal? No you still have to, you know, prove yourself as a woman. So what I have done is I have presented myself as a force to be reckoned with. I'm a force of nature, and I'm a force to be reckoned with. I come in, and I conduct myself very seriously. And I'm not in there, you know, with, you know, clothing, with glitter. I I conduct myself as a very serious woman. I present myself that way. So, but that's how I see myself, right? I think... Whether we like it or not, in this day and age, people are judged by their appearance. They are; they're judged by their appearance, and I think that you need to go in there and uh, present yourself as a as a business person. You know that that means you know don't go in there with you know eyelashes, you know to the ceiling, and you know inflated lips. I'm sorry, you know that that. That that brings you across as a beauty queen. That doesn't bring you across as a businesswoman. So I think it's very important that you walk in there and 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 present yourself as a serious uh, a serious intelligent person. So there is there is biases that happen, men and women, right? So if you're gonna sit there and tell me that the world is not biased, then you're living in, you're living in a non-reality. We're all biased somehow. So. Take away that bias. Present yourself correctly. Oh, God. Every day. Every day. So I'm a big believer in the double bind, which is something I speak about all the time. I spoke about it in London at the Business of Fashion Awards. Uh, It's if you're a woman and you're sitting in a room and you're quiet and you're reserved, you're liked. Okay, but you're not heard. And if you speak out and you have an opinion, then all of a sudden, you know, the opinion of you is, wow, she's she's aggressive. She's abrasive. Or my favorite, she's emotional. I love that one. Emotional was my favorite one. Um, as if having emotions is a negative thing. If anything, the world needs more emotions. If anything, we need more emotions. What's wrong with being emotional? you got two choices as a woman. You're either liked or you're heard. And I can guarantee you, if you're heard, you're not liked. Because having an opinion, you know, you're going to be labeled all these things. Aggressive, abrasive, you know, troublemaker, hormonal. I love that one. That one triggers me. Hormonal, uh, you know, where men are called powerful and visionaries and, and, wow, thought leaders. Thought leaders. But women are emotional. So, you know, for me, I tell women all the time, take up space. Be, be in the room. Take up all the space, make yourself known, be heard. You know, I think Steve Jobs said, uh, if I wanted to be liked, I would sell ice cream. If I wanted everyone to like me, I would sell ice cream. Like, I love that, because it's true. If Listen, not everyone's gonna love you, you know, and you have to be okay with that. It's, you know, not everyone loves me, that's okay, that's okay, I, I don't really care if you don't love me. I care about one thing, did I do my job, and did I do it really well? That's all I care about. Because if you're looking for a popularity contest, then you know, go sell ice cream if you want everyone to love you. My vision today is um, to create a venture capital fund and to invest in the next generation of startups. And um, definitely, I have my heart beating for women startups, for sure. I give them an opportunity to be heard. Does that mean I invest in them? No because I do believe in equality. And when you say equality, then equality means judging everybody equal, man or woman. So I walk the walk of equality, and the walk of equality is I'm not gonna put a woman above a man. If you have something great, um, come forward. But at the same time, I will definitely give a woman an opportunity to be heard. I'm seeking to be a woman who creates a billion dollar VC fund. A what? Billion dollar VC fund. Okay, not a million. No, a billion. Because that is the way the world is, the unicorns of the world. You know what a unicorn is, right? The unicorns are magical figures that don't exist, because very few women have created billion-dollar valuations in their life. So for me, uh, that's been my dream, to create a a billion-dollar outcome somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Not for the money, but for the goal. Being of Middle Eastern descent, everybody thinks that your idea of success is getting married to a rich husband and having kids. And I say to all the women out there that if you rely on your happiness on someone else, then you're going to spend the rest of your life being miserable. Because you cannot do that. You have to have something for yourself. In this day and age, everybody's divorced, okay, and it's getting worse. And when you get divorced, unfortunately, you wind up with nothing as a woman. Uh, Because the way that things work out, you wind up walking away with nothing, and sometimes not even your dignity. So what I tell women is that married or not married, do something for yourself. Even if you earn $100 or you earn $100 million, set goals for yourself, and then accomplish these goals. Because that is where you get your self-esteem. That's where you get your dignity. That's where you get your feeling of happiness, is that you feel good about yourself when you accomplish a goal. And you don't have to build a billion-dollar company. Whatever that goal is, have something for you that's for yourself, that nobody can take away from you. Because children grow up and marriages fall apart, and 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 don't lose your identity. Don't lose yourself. Always hold on to you, whoever that you is, you know. And 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 if you're working and you went to school and you got a degree, well then use that degree. Don't let go of that. You worked hard for that four-year degree, you know. Keep your job as an architect or or whatever it is. You know, paycheck and making money is dignity. It really is. And it's not about acquiring wealth. It's about feeling good that you earned something and that it belongs to you and nobody can take that from you. So for all those women out there, don't ever lose you. You can still have a husband and children, or maybe not, but don't ever lose you. And that's my greatest advice to women out there. Live from New York, it's Saturday night. (laughs) Because I've always wanted to say that. For all you women out there, don't forget to take up space, speak louder, be heard, and uh, don't forget to, of course, exhale, which is why we're here today.